0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and how are you listening to us? Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladaris, and I hope all of you are well and safe out there. Hope all of you enjoyed week zero of college football, and also the NFL right around the corner, the season opener next week. So with that being said, let's jump in and do a little mini recap of week zero before we dive into week one a lot of games to discuss so before we dive into week one there was a lot of games to choose from i chose six but before we get into those i want to do a little mini recap of week zero be more specifically i want to talk about nebraska and illinois now first of all i i picked Illinois to win outright because I don't trust Nebraska and Adrian Martinez as great as a quarterback he is at some point you have to expect him to be better and when you look at Scott Frost and the state of this program at some point I'm not saying he should be on the hot seat but he does have one of the hottest seats in the country because there's no doubt about it They came out really, really flat, really, really flat, kind of early on. They kind of picked it up toward the end of the game. But at the end of the day, Illinois won with a backup quarterback. And that's all you need to know about that game. So, So to kind of put a bow on that, if you're a Nebraska fan and you can't beat Illinois and you are a touchdown favorite, there's cause to be concerned, and you can point fingers. The bright spot, the defense, was a pretty was was a bright spot to me. It wasn't terrible, but understand that Illinois was a backup quarterback, not trying to mitigate it. But the fact of the matter is, there are still concerns about Nebraska. And right now, if you're Scott Frost, this program has to show some sort of improvement to justify him coming back. So, I'll I'll leave it there before I spend the episode going on a rant about Nebraska. Now, that being said, let's jump in to the first of the six games that I do wanna talk about. The first game is Boise State at UCF. Now, UCF is a five and a half point favorite. All of the stats and lines are accurate of this recording and are based on according to FanDuel Sportsbook. And the over-under for this game is 68 and a half and, and i kind of put it on Twitter at Ladares underscore brown that take the over in this game you know you I'll give I think Boise plus five five and a half is good I think this game's going to be very very close but take the over now when you look at Boise State they've won six straight season openers on the contrary, UCF's won five straight openers, so something has to give in that regard. But going back to Boise State, you know, they came to Florida. They beat FSU back in 2019, 36-31. So they can come on the road, kind of come cross country, and win. So that that's not the concern that I have. You know, I love their quarterback, Hank Bochmer, or Bachemer. I don't want to mispronounce the name, you know, I think he's he's a good guy. I think he's going to be the reason why this game becomes a possible shootout, in my opinion. But when you look at, listen, they have a running back, Andrew Van Buren. He had eight rushing touchdowns last year. But I don't necessarily think they'll be running the ball a lot. I think when you look at Boise State, you got to look at wide receiver Khalil Shakir. 52 receptions, 719 yards receiving he had six touchdowns and that was in seven games that was in seven games last year now this is what he did in 2019 63 receptions 867 yards receiving and also six touchdowns that was in 14 games and he was second on the team in rush yards last year at 148. right now boise state when you look at him, new head coach andy avalos replacing brian Harson, who ironically is replacing ucf's new head coach gus Malzon, in auburn so when i look at the matchup i think boise state offensively is just one of those teams they're one of the better offensive teams in the country and it's very hard to put a gauge because i'm not trying to mitigate them playing in the mountain west but they're very, very good offense. And they're gonna put up a lot of points. Defensively, it's going to be a struggle. But when you look on the other side of the coin at UCF, look, Dylan Gabriel could be a dark horse, Heisman Trophy candidate, because this is what he did last year. He led the second best offense in the country last year. He had 3,750 yards passing that was fifth in the country, 32 touchdowns, that was fourth in the country. But Let's be clear, UCF's offense has always been good the last couple of years. And bringing in Gus Malzahn, a guy who knows quarterbacks, a guy who's very, very good on that side of the ball, I think there's no telling what he can do this year. Uh, playing this year, opening up against the Boise State team, like I mentioned, not great. Often not great on the defensive side of the ball. But listen, UCF, listen, they lost a lot. They lost a lot. No Greg McCray, Otis Anderson, or Bentavious Thompson in the backfield. But they do have, at wide receiver, they do have Jalen Robinson. He had 900, 979 receiving yards, and there's no Marlon Williams as well in the wide receiving core. But this is the one stat that is making me tell you that is going to win a, this game because it's going to be close since 2017 ucf has a plus 47 turnover margin and they've been in the top five in that category three of the last four years so this defense creates turnovers and they don't make mistakes And if they do make mistakes it doesn't necessarily cost them in the long run ucf is one of those teams where i look at as a whole there can be a lot of transfers auburn transfers you're going to see in this game an absolute kind of a big 12 feel in terms of the offense i'm not comparing to the big 12 but you're gonna have that big 12 feel as i always like to say offense it's going to be kind of a defense optional game so when I, I see the over at 68, over under 68 and a half, you take the over. Because at the end of the day, here's what you do. Boise State, take Boise State plus five and a half, take the over. Because I think it's gonna be a very, very good game. I think UCF pulls it out close because I think they can make a defensive stop in the fourth quarter if necessary. So, speaking of defense, speaking of, you know, speaking of defense and transitioning, Ohio State at Minnesota, Minnesota, 13 and a half point dog, over under 62 and a half. Here's the thing with Ohio State. This, this is the stat that CJ Stroud is going to be the starting quarterback. Now, this is the first time since 1952, 1952, that was Woody Hayes' second season at the helm of Ohio State, that a starting quarterback has zero career collegiate passing attempts. And he's going on the road. To me, that's telling. And that's why I'll tell you right now, you just take the under. And I'll explain more as we delve in. But it's not like this team is empty in terms of offense. They're bringing back their two top receivers in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Olave, 50 reception, 729 yards, seven touchdowns. Garrett Wilson, 43 receptions, 723 yards, and six touchdowns. So the 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 cupboard is not bare in Columbus. But this is this is something I really really like, and I see it with Ohio State. They have three returning players on the line. Thayer Mumford on the left tackle, Harry Miller left guard, Nicholas Petit-Friere at right tackle. And by the way, in the backfield, they have running backs Master the third, Maya Williams. So it's not like CJ Stroud is going into this game not surrounded by talent. That's not the question here. It's the question that he's going on the road a true road test you know they're 13 and a half point favorites and essentially that to me goes into the game plan of Ryan Day that factors in that factors in a great deal to me but when you look at the other end and when you see what P.J. Fleck is doing you know rowing the boat over there in Minnesota listen, bringing back Mohamed Ibrahim. He had over 1,000 yards rushing and 50 touchdowns. He led the Big Ten in both rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. They're returning 10 of 11 starters on both sides of the ball. This is a very, very experienced team. And you might, you kind of get the vibe that, you know, 2020 was a wash for a lot of teams. But when you look at what they did in 2019, that's the kind of year you're expecting. And quarterback. You know, senior quarterback 10 or Morgan, listen, you go back to 2019, completed 66% of his passes, threw for over 3,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Last year, dipped big time. His completion percentage dropped to 57.9%, and he only had a little over 1,300 yards passing, with 7 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. So it wasn't a great, great year for Minnesota. But when I look at the line, 13 and a half. Listen, take the plus 13 and a half, take the under here. Because I don't know what we're gonna get out of Ohio State's offense. And quite frankly, I don't know which Minnesota team's gonna show up. All I know, it's a prime time game. And I do believe in my heart of hearts that this game is going to be very, very close because I just don't believe you look at this Ohio, they're not going to go out there and sling the ball around with the guy who's never thrown a pass in college. I don't see that. And I think Ryan day is going to tailor the game plan, running the football, making, you know, kind of smart throws, I don't see him opening up the playbook fully just yet so here we are here we are right now listen i'm not saying minnesota if minnesota if minnesota wants to pull off the upset and this is cliche but it's very true they have to play perfect because despite ohio state kind of defensively not great last year they're coming in a little inexperienced at linebacker kind of inexperienced if they if tanner morgan can somehow have i'm not gonna say the game of his life but if he can find some way to win this game with his arm then minnesota could pull off the upset i'm not saying that's gonna happen so take the plus 13 and a half it's going to be i i don't see this as a blowout for ohio state i think they make it close because of the inexperience so take once again take the plus 13 and a half minnesota plus 13 and a half take the under on the 62 and a half so now we shift and we we shift we go we go up to wisconsin we go from minnesota we go next door and as, as wisconsin plays penn state so you have Penn State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, five and a half point favorites, 49.5 is the over-under. When you look at Penn State, you look at what James Franklin. Listen, they're returning nine players on offense, seven on defense. And you get a quarter senior quarterback in Sean Clipper. He had 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions last year. And he has a receiver in Jahan Dotson. 52 receptions, 884 yards eight touchdowns now offensively the key to this game is can can those two hook up a lot Clifford and Dodson because you're going on the road going to camp Randall Wisconsin's defense listen it's not gonna there's vulnerability there's susceptibility there it really it really is you know that you know Fayon Hicks Will probably maybe be matched up with Jahan Dodson. So if but I believe Penn State will be in this game. But however, when I look at Penn State, listen, Tariq Castro Fields, eight defended passes, that was 10th of the Big Ten. To me, I have question marks on Penn State defensively. You know they're bringing back seven, I do have question marks there. But when I look at Paul Chris team and was Paul Chris. Team in Wisconsin. I, I have a question: Can Graham Mertz be the guy? I know how good his arm is. And listen, when we going back to last year, listen, he made his debut at Illinois. He went twenty of twenty-one. He had five touchdowns in that debut, and he had two touchdowns when they beat Michigan last year. But since that game, he he only threw just one touchdown in the next three games while tossing five interceptions. If you can get consistency, if you can get consistency, Wisconsin could be that team because Ohio State is probably more than likely the team to beat, but if Wisconsin, if Wisconsin can kind of get that offense going, and listen, they have a you know freshman Jalen Berger they always have a very very stout offensive line by the way the average weight of that offensive line is 312.4 pounds they're gonna pound the ball at you they're very physical in the trenches so that being said i think i can see wisconsin winning by at least a touchdown so take wisconsin minus five and a half take the under 49 and a half these are not two great offenses right now i'm they're not explosive and i think and I, and this just may be me i think it could be one of those games where it could be a shootout maybe late but still take the under so take the under at 49 and a half there so now we travel from wisconsin and we and we go down to georgia to one of the to one of the maybe the marquee matchups in week one and that's alabama versus miami and they're going to be in the mercedes-benz dome in atlanta listen miami nineteen and a half point underdogs and the over under is sixty one and a half. listen i i'm not going to sit here and 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 it, and tell you how great Alabama is. You you know how great Alabama is. But I'll do it anyway because I. It's a podcast. I'm talking about the game, so I might as well since I have you here, just throw out some things. Listen, there's are six and O in season openers. Six to be more specifically, six and O in season openers in Atlanta since two thousand eight three of those season openers in Atlanta they've won by 20 or more points and they're 19 and a half point favorites last year they won 12 of 13 games by at least at least 15 points they scored 40 or more points 11 times and but if I told you that hey like there's that's great but guess what they're returning just three offensive starters they have eight on defense but just three on offense and they're still 19 and a half point favorites for the reasons i just mentioned 6 and 0 in season opens in atlanta since 08 12 of 13 games by at least 14 points that they won scored four or more points 11 times despite having three offensive starters back and then you have Bryce Young coming in. And he could be the next great Alabama quarterback because what you're seeing in Alabama, listen, the last two guys, Tua and Mac. they're in the NFL and they're going to be facing off against each other in week one. And then you throw in Jalen Hurts for Philly. So my whole thing has always been Nick Saban was a guy. Alabama was all about the run game. Like, A.J. McCarron didn't set the world on fire. Jacob Coker didn't set the world on fire. But now, because it was all about Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, you know, you fast forward now, we're talking about the quarterbacks. We're talking about players like Jalen Waddell, Devonte Smith, who went in the first round in this year's NFL draft, we're talking Jerry, Judy, Henry, Ruggs. Nick Saban has shifted. He shifted with the times. It's like, listen, they're still going to run the football. Like there, there's no two ways about it. They're still going to run the football. They're still going to play great defense, and this defense this year will probably be led by linebacker Will Anderson Jr. Yet, ten and a half tackles for loss with seven sacks, and which both led the team last year. So, they're going to play great defense. They have eight starters back there. But despite having three starters returning, they're still 19 and a half point favorites. Here's the thing. When you look at Miami, Miami's no slouch. They're returning 20 guys. 20 starters, 11 on offense and nine on defense. But the key to this game, and I talked about this when we talked about the Hurricanes on this podcast some uh, some while ago with Joe Madden of Joe Madden Sports, and she talked about, hey, Derek King has to play well this year for for Miami to be successful this year. He has to play well. There's no two ways about it. Because, listen, he completed 64% of his passes. He threw for 2,686 yards. He had 23 touchdowns to five interceptions. And you throw in that, listen, he had 538 yards rushing and with four touchdowns on the ground. Derrick King has to be that guy and has to have the absolute game of his life against Alabama. Manny Diaz this defense is going to it's going to be great but listen I like Bubba Bolden the safety he had 74 tackles four forced fumbles and two block kicks I like this defense but when you're telling me Vegas is telling you that despite having three starters (laughs) three starters They're still telling you that they're almost 20 points better than Miami. What are they telling you? They're telling you that they saw the numbers that I saw, that listen, they don't lose in season openers when they play in Atlanta. Half of those games are by 20 points. They can, listen, score 40 or more points. They did 11 times last year they're going to play great defense. Bryce Young is going to be great. You know, another receiver in the making, John Mechie the third. He, had, you know, he had 960 yards, six touchdowns. He was playing behind Devonte Smith. So this was tough because uh, first and foremost, take the under, and that's just because. Does Miami have the skill players? Do they have, can the wide receivers step up? And can Derek King step up? That's where I feel that's where the indictment is there. So take the under of the 61 and a half. To me, you can flip a coin, but I will believe Alabama minus 19 and a half I'm going to go with it. I think they can win this game by at least three touchdowns. Sim- simply because I I know what I'm getting. And Vegas is pushing me that way. Because if three guys are returning, they're still favored by 20? Like, I'm, like, they, I'm not going to go against Vegas. I mean, you can try. But in this particular instance, I'm not going to fight Vegas on it. I'll take the under 61 and a half. I, I but I, I'll take that minus 19 and a half. But if you really believe that Miami's defense can step up and can, can make this a game, you take that plus 19 and a half. But me, I just feel when they're in Atlanta, six and zero. They've won half of those games in Atlanta by 20 or more points, and the line is 19 and a half. I'm going to lean that way. So once again, Alabama minus 19 and a half, take the under at six, 61 and a half. It's according to FanDuel Sportsbook. So now from one neutral site game to another, Georgia versus Clemson, That's is going to be in North, it's gonna be in North Carolina. Listen, Clemson's a two and a half point favorite. The over under is 50 and a half. I'm gonna tell you right now, I would actually take the over. Take the over on that. Because when I when I look at Georgia, you know, listen. That was, you know, that Stetson Bennett, (laughs) that wasn't the answer at quarterback and i said it and listen i'm a gators fan full discretion and i said if georgia can get a quarterback they're a scary football team jt James, jt daniels to transfer um usc he hasn't played a full year since 2018 but in the four games that he did show up in last year he was he threw a little over 67 percent completion percentage he had over 1,200 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. So, in that sample size, you're feeling pretty good if you're Kirby Smart and you're and you're a Georgia fan. Now, in the run games, the mirror White, you know, he had 44, you know, rushes, 779 yards, 11 touchdowns last year. Now, if J.T. Daniels is the guy, they may not be able, they may not want to run the ball as much and because it's kind of like the alabama approach where if they get a quarterback and you know how great they are on defense watch out so uh, essentially here like you look at that georgia defense they may have the best defensive line in the country led by you know their nose tackle jordan davis and then you throw in the fact that the total has hit the over in four of Georgia's last five games. That's one reason why you go with the over. Now, when we talk about Clemson, obviously no Travis Etienne, no Trevor Lawrence. So according to ESPN returning production, they're just bringing back 46% of their offense Which is 118th in the country out of 130 FBS schools. But they're bringing back 92% of the defense, which is third in the country. So there's the double edged sword. And offensively, listen, they're bringing in sophomore DJ Uagalele. Uagalele. And he started two games he started against Boston College and Notre Dame, whichever Lawrence was in COVID protocol. And in those games, he completed 69, over 69% of his passes, threw for 71 yards, four, you know, four touchdowns, passing and two rushing. Once again, you have the sample size, and you know DJ's going to be good. Like, there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind about that. On defense, a guy who's been there in his sixth year, James Skolaski, listen, he was hurt last year. But you go back 2019, he played in 15 games, he had 90 tackles, six and a half of those were lost, and he had three and a half sacks. Alabama, when you look at, excuse me, when I talk about Alabama, it's kind of like talking about Clemson, where like the offensive production, like they're not bringing back a lot of offense, but that defense is very, very good. And like I mentioned, they're bringing back 92 percent of defensive production, so that to me don't sleep on Clemson's defense. Their defense will probably win them a handful of games this year because the offensive production may not be there. You know, DJ has to get some guys. You know, with you know has to create connections with some guys, but for Clemson. The total hit has hit the over, and four of their five, the four of their last seven week one games. So you just take the over. I'm not gonna take the over, and I like Clemson in this game. And like I said, just their defense is gonna be very, very good. This is gonna be probably arguably part of the best defense in the ACC because you're in the ACC, you know, you're gonna be the best. Who's gonna challenge? Clemson, is it going to be possibly, maybe Miami? Is it going to be North Carolina who's going on the road to play Virginia Tech? You know, this week. I don't know. But I think we'll get a couple of those questions answered by the end of the weekend. So once again, Clemson, ticket minus two and a half take the over of fifty and a half, and half easy 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 and before we before we put a button and we choose our last game here just a reminder to like and subscribe to the podcast and you listen to this episode and every episode of of the sports in the world podcast wherever you get your podcasts apple spotify anchor Check it out leave a review and check it out check us out on social media at sports the War on both twitter and instagram check me out on social media at ladaris underscore brown on twitter and at ladaris double underscore brown on instagram so before we shift and talk about our last game there there i'll just i'll throw in one more game that i think is is worth watching and that's once again for the big 10 Michigan State and Northwestern and Indiana at Iowa. To me, go with Northwestern and go with go with Indiana. Go with Indiana. Trust me. Those are just two other games that came in mind. And by the way, Louisville and Old Miss Be on the lookout for the for the running rebels this year. i'm just gonna leave it at that lane kiffin however you may feel about him personally anywhere he's been like maybe maybe not tennessee we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about tennessee but whether it was at florida atlantic whether it was at usc whether it was at alabama the offense was great and i think you know bringing back two quarterbacks matt corral and plumley let's be on the lookout for them you know when they play Louisville this week. So now let's dive into the final game to talk about here on the Sports of the World podcast for this week. And that's LSU at UCLA. UCLA plus two and a half dogs at home in the at home. Over under 65 and a half. Listen, when you look at LSU and you and you look what they've lost over the last two years. They lost a lot of production. And now they're starting Max Johnson, a sophomore, getting the full time job on the road, once again, going cross country, going to the West Coast. And look, he had almost a 60% completion percentage. He threw for almost 1,100 yards. He had eight touchdowns, one interception in six games last year but you know he'll have a arguably maybe maybe one of the best receivers in the country in Keshawn Boutte he had 45 he had 45 catches for 737 yards five touchdowns as a true freshman last year and furthermore he went for more than 100 receiving yards each of the last 3 games if you count the 308 yard performance he had In the final game versus the aforementioned old miss so you you got talent there and then you got a great corner in Derek stingley jr listen last year was not great did not match his you know his freshman year in 2019 so you bring in a new defensive coordinator bringing a new voice because bo pelini it felt like wasn't it last year and when you look at lsu listen the total has hit the over in eight of lsu's last 12 games so when i look at lsu and i look at ed ozeron going across the country they're going to compete the one thing that ed ozeron brings to lsu and when he's brought to lsu that they're going to compete they're going they're going to be in games maybe you know they're going to compete simply because Oldron has instilled a sense of toughness in that team, no doubt about it. Now the biggest question mark is going to be Max Johnson who got to start over Miles Brennan, who was a senior. So can he, can he go cross country and win? I'll get to that. That's the little suspense hook there. Now we talk about UCLA. Listen, they won forty-four to ten over Hawaii, and Dorian Thompson, Dorian Thompson Robinson, senior, you know, didn't have a great game. He had 50 percent completion percentage, but Zach Charbonnet, which sounds you know a little like you know a little Chardonnay, he had six carries, one hundred and six yards, and three touchdowns. Now this is Chip Kelly's fourth year. Listen, and and it, and, it, and it's reflected. Listen, they're bringing back 91% overall that second. 95% offense, that's good for third. eighty percent defense, that's eighth. And they've hit the, but however they've hit the under in terms of the total, the total has hit the under in four of the last six home games for UCLA. That's why I take the under. When I look at UCLA, Two and a half. You know, the the gap is not super big, because I think it's reflected upon the fact that LSU and and UCLA are closer than what you think. Like quarterback wise, you get the edge to UCLA, but when it kind of comes to listen, when you look at LSU, I think I believe they'll make it a game. And I look at UCLA, like yeah, it, they beat Hawaii, but when I look at, they're bringing back all that talent. Like if Chip Kelly does not win this year with this talent in year four, he's gonna be gone because essentially now you have a lot of, you got junior transfers, you got a lot of upperclassmen. So if you if I'm a UCLA fan. And and you're just almost a three-point dog at home. I look at that and I go, this game feels like a field goal type of game. It kind of feels like that to me. I don't know about you, but it feels like that. Where it's going to come down to the last possession. Because, like I say, take the under on the 65.5. Because I just... I can kind of see where the offense comes for for both teams but i don't think it's going to be as explosive now if it was like 56 you know something a little bit you know 10 50 points lower i'd say take the over but please take the under here because these teams aren't slouches defensively but offensively could could be a case so it's going to be a it's gonna be a good game nonetheless. So so once again, if you're gonna tie me down to it, I'm gonna pick the upset. So I'm, I'm going to go against the spread here. I'm picking UCLA plus two and a half and to win outright. Simply because I believe that UCLA could be one of those surprise teams in the country. Well we're all in the Pac-12, all we're talking about is Oregon and 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 USC. Nobody's really talking about UCLA. And it's not an indictment on LSU, but going across country like that. It's kind of a similar situation with Ohio State with CJ Stroud. But the difference is Ohio State's loaded. They're they're returning a lot of talent. And they can compete on the road teams will be in games this year, but they're going to... But I think Ohio State will figure it out. For LSU, Max Johnson going on the road, a true a true road test. And, you know, that's going to be a situation where I, I can't pick LSU to win. If this game was in Death Valley, I may go with LSU, but to go on the road, it's tough. You got to have some support. It's not like I said, with Ohio State, you listen, with Olave and Wilson, you got you got Teague. So it's a little bit of more confidence I have for them because the number's bigger, too. Understand that. For Ohio State, 13 and a half, like, that's a big number. And I say, okay, they're not going to win by two touchdowns, I don't think. Ten points, maybe? Sure. So give me the Minnesota plus 13 and a half. And in this case here, the difference is I like UCLA. This is UCLA's biggest test, the early test. They're gonna have bigger ones down this season, but this is a this is a statement game for Chip Kelly in year four. So, so, once again, give me UCLA plus two and a half went win right. So to wrap up, Boise State at UCF, probably my my favorite probably my favorite game of the week if you love offense take boise plus five and a half take the over at 68 and a half ohio state minnesota take the plus 13 and a half take the under at 62 and a half there penn state at wisconsin take wisconsin minus five and a half take the under at 49 and a half alabama at miami take alabama minus 19 and a half but take the under at 61 and a half georgia at clemson Take Clemson minus two and a half. Take the over at 50 and a half. And lastly, take UCLA plus two and a half and take the under at 65 and a half. So I know there are some games we didn't talk about. And if you want to talk about it on social media, once again, go to at sports, Twitter and Instagram and check me out on social media at underscore Brown on Twitter and at double underscore Brown on Instagram. So, until you hear me again next time, I'm with Be real, be you, be blessed, be safe. And enjoy week one of the college football season. Until you hear me again also, week one of the NFL. And I'll see you here next time.